course you're gonna have those disappointments but guys your body is amazing and it can change whenever you want it to change right like let's think about that for a second your body is this amazing thing it is meant to fluctuate it is meant to change it is meant to go through these seasons Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? It has been good. The weekend was much needed. I actually, like, made myself do pretty much nothing (laughs) and it was awesome (laughs) that's awesome I went to my boys first uh, wrestling tournament of the season and it was so awesome I was so proud of him (laughs) yay how did he do yeah so he is nine his name's Trip, and he got so they do it round robin style where there's four kids four to five kids in each little um match and they all wrestle each other and so you get he was wrestling three other boys so there was a group of four and he got third place so but the biggest thing that was so huge for me is he has struggled big time with his emotions which I've told you about Michaela but um to kind of inform our listeners he would get so upset if he either lost or if he got overwhelmed within the match. So if they did a really difficult move on him that scared him or, you know, was intense and his emotions just got like huge. And sometimes it would take him 30 minutes or more to calm down from that. Like he would just be screaming and kicking the floor and kicking the walls and like just really, really upset. And Last year, I was just to my wit's end with it, where I was just like, I don't know what else to do to help this kid. Like, we tried distracting him with, like, watching something, like watching a dinosaur thing on our phone, or reading a book, or going for a walk, or doing breathing exercises, and, like, nothing was working for this kid. And so it was, you know, it was was difficult to deal with. And so going into this season... I told Trip, I said, I don't want you to focus on getting a medal. Don't worry about getting gold. Don't worry about anything like that. Our goal this season for you is to have emotional control. Because I said, you have the skills. You know, you, you're a good wrestler. You have the skills in practice. But the problem is, you lose a lot of your matches because your emotions get so big that you can't even focus on your skills. So I said, we have to get the emotions in control. So I said, that's our goal. And I reminded him about it before each match that he did over the weekend. And I just said, what's the goal? What's your goal, buddy? Like, because he gets really, he wants to get that gold medal, right? <laughs> he gets competitive. And then when he loses, then it's just like, bye, oh, you know, I won't get gold. And um, it was just really cool because he kept it together through the entire match with each one for all three minutes. And And then afterwards, on the two that he lost, he started getting teary-eyed. And I was like, oh boy, (laughs) like, are we, are we going into that? But I just kept this, like, this calm air about it, about me, instead of me adding to his storm, 
I'm like, okay, let me be the calm in his storm. So I just took him, we went and got him a drink, which helped. It's like when he drinks, he has to breathe. So it helps him breathe <laughs> without me being like, okay, breathe in for four. And then him being like, no. <laughs> so it's like, it forces him to breathe. So it's like, here, get a drink. And, um, and then I had him just like shake his body. I'm like, shake out all these feelings that you're feeling. And so I just had him like jump up and down and shake his arms and his legs and, and, um, and then go cheer on one of his friends. And so that's what we did after each match was get a drink, shake your body and get rid of all of that, like weird energy, and then go focus on someone else's match instead of overthinking the one that you lost. And within like two minutes, he was happy cheering on his friends like and I'm like it's like oh it was amazing and I was just so proud of him and yeah it was it was fun to see him be able to accomplish that because I'm a highly emotional person and controlling my own emotions is very difficult and so I know how hard that is for a young kid too especially in something like wrestling because wrestling is intense it is one of the most intense sports that you can do because it's so close contact. And so being able to see him accomplish that was, and especially on his first match of the season, I was just so impressed. So go trip. Yay. <laughs> That's amazing. I love to hear that. Cause I know that was something that you were kind of nervous about with wrestling and you guys even talked about possibly not doing wrestling anymore. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited. And I'm, I'm not one of those parents that's like, you need to win first place at state, or you need to get this many gold medals, or you need to do da 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 da. It's all about what the sports teach you. Because 99% of people are not going to grow up to be someone that makes money in a sport. You know, there's very few, a very small percentage of people that are professional athletes. Not that you can't be that, but... Odds are you're most likely not going to be a professional athlete. So then what do sports mean, especially to young kids? And to me, a sport teaches you emotional control, you know, which is when you lose or when things don't go your way or when, you know, your coach doesn't put you in if it's a team sport or things like that. How do you handle those kinds of situations? And then it also teaches you how to improve a skill set. You know, so to go from not knowing anything or knowing just the basics to then being able to take that further and perfect a skill set. So it's those kinds of things that I'm like, if he can learn those things, that's what wrestling or, you know, whatever other sport is about. To me, it's not about winning the most gold medals. I'm like, it's about improving yourself and learning life skills. So that's, that's what I think it should be about. I agree. <laughs> If done correctly, <laughs> sports could really teach your kid a lot, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I think, and it's like, it makes me laugh, too, because last year when we did baseball, they had a big sign up on the fence that was like, there are no college scouts here, our refs are volunteers, like, be nice and just sit down and cheer your kid on. Like, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how I said it, but it's true, because you get a lot of parents that even at these, these ones with these kids that are five, six, you know, seven, eight years old, their parents are like, like, as if it's a college sport. It's like, whoa, calm down and just like teach your kid how to have a good experience. And instead of getting so intense about it, it's crazy how these parents can get. So, oh yeah. I feel like all that would do is teach your kid just 
how to get a lot of anxiety <laughs> around right? any performance, right? And yeah, and really probably have more um, more emotions than they need to have about those little things. It is interesting how some parents can do that. I grew up in a family that was very just like, whatever. (laughs) You know, they're going to show up and they're going to cheer me on, but it wasn't ever a big deal, you know? Yeah. So it is interesting to think about, um, to think about that from the other standpoint, like, oh, that would have stressed me out as a kid if my parents had shown up and been like really into it and gotten really mad about different things. And it just, yeah, it would have been a lot. (laughs) Well, and quick little story and then we can move on but uh, last year there was this match and I think it was seven-year-olds seven or eight and it was on the same mat that my boy was on so it was close to the same age group and at one point they so they have middle school or high school kids that are the referees and they're so they're not trained as referees they just come and volunteer at these little tiny kid matches so it was really funny because one of the calls that this ref made cost this kid two points and it made him lose the entire match instead of tie and then be able to go into overtime. (laughs) Oh my goodness. These parents, they were fighting like physically shoving each other and yelling at this middle schooler kid that was the ref, like yelling at this kid. And I'm like, whoa you people need to tone it down because that's intense I mean if I were that I mean he was either late middle school or early high school and if I had been that kid I don't think I would ever want a referee again I'd be like this sucks grown-ups are jerks (laughs) I'm out I'm not gonna do that over a like seven-year-old kid match you know and yeah like what's why what's the point it's kind of crazy to see some of that behavior so it makes you wonder what's what's behind it you know because it's probably not all about the match it's like what is it that's causing that behavior like what's the root cause behind this or the stress response or you know who knows what else that could be behind it that's making you behave this way over such a small thing it's interesting to me no that is interesting and to forget that it's a kid you're yelling at like it's not another adult it's a kid yeah and maybe put yourself like what if that was your kid you know yeah and and other parents are doing that to your kid it's just it's mind-blowing yeah yeah my husband actually had to step in and just like separate them and be like walk away (laughs) walk away right now (laughs) get over it it's two points get over it (laughs) well then like what does that teach the kids you know the kids that are watching that too it's just like oh my gosh it's mind-blowing yeah it's like this is not correct conflict resolution (laughs) right oh my word yeah my weekend was not exciting (laughs) but it was good I didn't want it to be exciting (laughs) after last weekend I'm like you know I should probably actually let my body rest this time (laughs) that's a good call you need it when you're in a higher stress state during the week a lot, it's like those weekends just need to be low stress. So good for you. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. I don't know any listeners who have anxiety, like, you know how hard it is to sit there because my brain constantly goes, Oh, but I should be doing this. Oh, but what about this? Oh, I probably forgot this. Oh, like now I feel really bad because I'm not doing this with my horse or I'm not doing this with my husband or 
whatever, my brain just can't shut down. So it's almost easier for me to just go do things because then it keeps my brain occupied and I don't run through all of those. Like, what if, did I forget something? Like all of those thoughts. But this week, I'm like, I think it's a sign for how tired I was because this weekend it was like, huh, I just want to sit here. And then I looked at my husband. I'm like, it is okay that I just sit here. Right. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. He always says that, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you need that permission. And it was just interesting because yeah, my brain did not do all the normal things that it normally does. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> yep. When my brain can finally shut off. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, do you have anything else you want to review before we hop into today's stuff? No, I think let's jump in. Okay. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about maintenance and what that actually means, what it actually looks like, how to maintain. This is something that has come up a lot um, in my business, both from a client standpoint, but also just even in my own personal journey. Everyone can lose weight. Weight loss is not hard. All of you have successfully lost weight in the past. But most of us have a really hard time maintaining that weight loss. So I wanted to talk about what that looks like, you know, and and how to navigate the maintenance phase in a way that's going to be more productive for you, that's going to help you not fixate so much on scale fluctuations, um, and kind of walk you through my own journey through maintenance as well, so I can kind of give you my tips, advice, and just how my body has changed and what I'm doing with it and how I'm not freaking out about it. Um, because that's the biggest thing I feel like, um, maintenance normally fails when you start to freak out about the changes. And we are all caught up in this mindset that change is a bad thing and change is not a bad thing. You know, if the scale weight goes up, that's not a bad thing. Why is it going up? What's going on? How are you managing it? Like, those are the types of questions that need to be asked when it comes up. So, um, Cameron, do you have anything to add to that before I just dive into my spiel? No, I have some things I think I will add later on, but I will let you get started. All righty. So the first thing that I like to help my clients realize um, is that maintenance isn't the end-all be-all goal. And it shouldn't be. You should never want to just stay the same all the time. Like think about any other thing that you do. Are you trying to stay the same all the time? Because when you stay the same, there is zero growth. There is zero learning. There is no progression. And I feel like when it comes to our bodies, we all try to make it fit in this little box and we want it to just stay the same all the time. But then we forget that that makes it so there's no growth there's no progression there's no nothing when we make it stay the same all the time and if our body can't grow and our body can't progress neither can us internally like if we're constantly focused on making our body stay the same we are losing a lot of brain power that could go towards other things you know we're we're losing a lot of mindfulness that can go towards other things so Something I really suggest, or not even suggest, something you need to do is remember that maintenance can be a product of a bunch of different phases. 
and you should phase what you are doing with your body. Like, I don't know, we should almost get rid of maintenance, maybe <laughs> not even, not even call it a thing. But for instance, when I have a client and we're coming to the end of their initial fat loss phase, you know, normally it's very motivating, right? Cause you just lost a bunch of weight. You feel amazing. You're good. But then what happens next, right? Normally, normally you're like, ah, oh, we're done. I'm done. I lost all the weight. I can just go back to normal. Then what happens? You gain the weight back, right? Old habits come back. Those things come back because you let the fat loss and that be your end goal. And that was it, right? So if you can come up and something that I always have my clients do is a few weeks before they're even done with their fat loss phase, it's like, hey, what, what comes next? What's your goal after this? We need to set a goal after this, right? Because all of my clients know we're, we're running through a rebuild phase. Okay. I'm very like, this is the most important phase of a fat loss phase. If you don't want to be like hitting your head against a wall the entire time, because what this phase will do is um, I teach my clients how we can quicken their metabolism so they can start eating a little bit more while maintaining that leanness that they just got. And a big problem is when clients decide that, oh, I, I just lost the weight. I'm good. I don't really need you anymore. 100% of the time, I'll talk to them later and they're like, yeah, I've gained all the weight back. Or, uh, yeah, well, I left and then I just started doing this and I started doing that again, right? And it's because they didn't solidify those habits that they really needed to build, right? Because the fat loss phase, yes, we are learning habits and things, but oftentimes it's not long enough to really solidify because it's fun. It's fun when everything is going down and, you know, it's, it's heading in that direction. But what happens when measurements stay the same or when your weight stays the same or when it does go up or whatever, how are you going to handle that? How are your habits going to be solidified? So I like to phase, um, phase my body, right? So for me, I have fat loss phases. I have rebuild phases. I have building phases. I have wellness phases, right? Very rarely am I truly in a maintenance phase. And it's like, yeah, like probably during my building and my wellness phases, I'm, I'm shooting to maintain a level of leanness, but that's not my end all be all goal, right? There's, there's other focuses that have a lot more to do than with the scale on, with the number on the scale or anything else. So I really suggest making sure you have like phases of your body and really being realistic of how long those phases need to be, because you should not be spending your whole year in fat loss every year. That's not sustainable. It's miserable. You're not going to learn a lot. Your body's not going to grow like it should. But if you can phase it out where you spend a good time in fat loss, you get pretty lean, you spend a good time rebuilding your metabolism, and then you focus on these other phases, whether you're building, whether you're maintaining, whether you're shooting for another performance goal, these are going to be things that are going to help you have that momentum to take care of your body and to acknowledge your body and acknowledge the growth and, you know, just appreciate your body more if you truly run these phases correctly. So Camry, I feel like I've been talking for forever now. What do you have any thoughts around this? Yeah. Well, and I definitely fit into that category you were talking about because I have gained back most of the weight that I lost with you. And from that experience, what I, there were several things that I learned from it. So one was, I wish I would have stayed with you longer through maintenance 
my financial priorities at the time were shifting and it was like okay like I'm pretty good at maintenance I've maintained a lot my whole life so I was like okay I got this Michaela's taught me a lot of good things I can carry it on which I did for quite a while and then it the problem came when I had been with you from October-ish until February something like that anyway so it was through winter which my schedule and my routines drastically change with seasons so I was done with you in the early spring and then I kept my habits for several months but then I hit about June when my kids were out of school and then my schedule I was starting to work horses at like six in the morning uh, because it was getting too hot and so then I normally work out at about that time in the morning through the winter so then I was working out less often outside of just my horsemanship and things um and so these habits started dropping off where I was working out less and then it also when it gets really hot I like to have a drink in the evenings because a nice cold drink is great (laughs) so I started adding a few extra calories in here and there and and things just slowly built until I was gaining just a little bit back and a little bit back and so I think for me it's just it's like you said I didn't really plan ahead for this summer phase because if I would have come about it a a bit more intentionally and planned out okay maybe I only work out twice a week through the summer just from June like while my kids are out of school it's just this um, this different phase where I'm not working on building I'm just trying to maintain that versus build muscle and then I can still feel like I'm keeping up with something but I didn't really go about it intentionally I just kind of like let it happen (laughs) and I think that's where the big mistake was was I I didn't plan ahead for that different phase and I should have because I knew like I know every time it spring comes into summer my schedule changes and and things shift and so now I'm just back into a fat loss phase again which I'm actually like in the past when I've hit a fat loss phase again it's been this like down on myself phase right like man, I screwed up. I'm such a horrible human or, you know, what, why did I do this or whatever? Or, oh, I look so bad or I hate my body or, you know, any number of things like that. And now it's just like, oh, okay, this is what happened. This is what I learned from it. Now I'm going to go back into this phase. And then the next time I hit spring, summer, I'm going to know how to handle it better. So it's like, I'm, I'm feeling more motivated about it and definitely still like, I, I definitely feel disappointment in myself that I let it slide, but not to the point where I'm depressed about it or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, you definitely, I think you wouldn't be a human if you didn't feel slight disappointment when you let yourself down on something that you know you could have done better with. But it's it's just a whole different ball game for me mentally this time, which I'm like, I think that's all due to working through your program because... I, my whole mindset over weight loss and everything shifted when I worked with you. So <laughs> that makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> at least your so mindset. I'm like, hey, I, I didn't do it perfectly, but I at least did learn something. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's big because, of course, you're gonna have those disappointments. But guys, your body is amazing, and it can change whenever you want it to change, right? Like, let's think about that for a second. Your body is this amazing thing. It is meant to fluctuate. It is meant to change. It is meant to go through these seasons. And 
if you let if you let it and you allow yourself to learn and you allow yourself to reflect back there are so many things you can do right and instead of beating yourself up about it just going oh yeah like like Camry like you just did just this is what I did and okay so next spring this is how I'm going to come out of this and this is what I'm going to plan and this is what I need to have in place because guys you can't learn if you don't make mistakes okay like if if you were maintaining perfectly Camry you would have learned nothing you'd be like oh yeah maintenance is easy you know like that's that would be our conversation today but there there's no easy you know and if there there is easy you just don't learn much right like we all know that person we all have that friend who can eat whatever they want and it just seems like ah oh, it's no big deal and when we talk to them I'm like oh like I just I really need to lose weight or something they just don't understand because they've never had to go through that phase right like we all have a friend like that but you know what because you are having to do these phases, you are going to learn 10 times more about your body, 10 times more about health, 10 times more about a lot of things than somebody who has it easy all the time and whose body never changes and whose body like always stays the same. You're going to be a lot farther ahead if you really truly take this time to learn about your body, to phase it, to respect it. That's the big one. Respect your body. So I love, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So to go along with that, um, so again, phase your goals, which means fat loss phase, rebuild phase, wellness phase, build phase. It can look very different. Um, Like for me, for instance, I had a fat loss phase, I think two years ago is when I did my last fat loss phase. All right. Now, since then, I've been through some different phases where I've been through a building phase and been focusing on building. Then I've been in a wellness phase and been really focusing on making sure like my stress is under control and my life is being better managed. And I've been diving a little bit into hormones. And then I've also had a performance phase where I'm really focusing on what my body needs to perform well for my endurance rides and really learning a lot. And guys, these phases have taught me so much because I've chosen not to hyper-focus on fat loss and on being the leanest I can be because I've allowed myself to have those flexibilities like with what's going in my life, I've learned a lot about my body and I've learned to appreciate it a lot more than I ever would have. And I've learned about how it fluctuates with all of these different phases as well. And it's allowing me to plan my year. Like I just sat down this weekend and that's something I did was plan all of my 24, 2024 season with Sandy, I planned that all out on my calendar of like the races I want to do, kind of how our um, conditioning needs to go. And then just really thinking through, okay, what do I want from my own body and from my own performance? And how is this going to look? Um, like, how am I going to phase myself through this? But without being able to go through this year of just seeing how my body responds, just just trying it out and trying the different things and making mistakes and, and learning from them. I would not know, like sitting down and making this plan, I would have no idea what my body needs going into next year for my endurance rides. And now I have a much better idea and a much better idea of where I like to sit and be a little bit more comfortable at too. I love that. Yeah. So it's not even January and you're planning your year. (laughs) Guys, it's because like, you remember how I said my brain doesn't shut up like when I'm just sitting there? This is the kind of stuff I have to do on my rest days. (laughs) So Sandy, like I have graphs 
that track all of Sandy's heart rates for the whole year. I have graphs that track like our mileage and our how fast we went on all of our training rides. I have a freaking heart rate graph that shows me which zones I want her to be in. Like, this is what I do when I on my rest days, guys. Like, I, yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're productive. <laughs> Let's rephrase sure. that. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, any easels. Just to go along with like phasing, just learning that flexibility is a good thing and understanding that. Having flexibility in your life, you you need that. And when I say flexibility, I talk about multiple different things, but you need to be able to be flexible with what's going on in your life. Like like Camry, you have different phases. So to expect the same thing from you and your body, every phase, you just can't do. So allowing yourself to be flexible and not trying, like you were saying, like not trying to fit in four days a week of lifting before you work is just, it's not going to work in every phase of your life. So being allowed to phase yourself into those seasons and being flexible with that is important. Same with your diet, guys. Like my diet is very different right now than it will be in my next fat loss phase. Then it is in some of my wellness phases. And it just, that's just the way it is right now. Like right now I am eating a lot more of like copycat the same meals for lunch and dinner and breakfast every single day because that's where my brain power is. I don't have a lot of brain power left for me to really plan new things and cook new things. So I'm having the same things because it's what's making it easy for me. In other phases of my life, I tend to like to cook a little bit more, try to do something different for dinner at least. And I'm just not doing that right now. And that's okay. You know, there was, there's a piece of me that had that like wife guilt a little bit where I was like oh I'm sorry babe like I'm not really even cooking for you because he hates having the same thing day after day after day but really being able to have that conversation with him of like hey like I'm feeling kind of guilty about this and him being like you know I'm a grown adult man like I can cook my own food he's like if I want what you make I'll eat it He's like, but if I don't, just don't be mad at me. Like, I'll just eat something else. I'm like, ah, I can do that. Like, <laughs> I cannot be mad at you for eating something else. And that's really helped us balance that out a lot better between between the two of us. Yeah, I feel like meals are something that a lot of people struggle with. And I think a lot of it has to do with, number one, the time that you spend cooking, but number two, the decision making. Yeah, right. We talked about I think it was last week, that decision fatigue, right? And one thing that helps me, so in the summers, I tend to, we do a lot of quicker meals or we have like bottled elk or like things like that, that we can just heat up. It's already cooked. Um, so we do a lot of quicker meals through the summer because we're outside until like 9 p.m. And so we have dinner at 9 p.m. <laughs> right before we're supposed to go to bed. But in the winter time, when it gets dark at 5 p.m. and we're inside until bedtime for like four hours, I have more time to cook. And what helps me cook better meals for myself and my family is having a menu. So I plan out our food, our dinners for the week. And then I only have to think about our dinners once a week. And so it gets rid of that every night. Well, what should we have? I don't know. What do you want to have? Well, what meat's defrosted? <laughs> or like, what, you know? And so then you don't have to make those decisions. You just, it's already made for you. It's like, oh, what's for dinner tonight? Boom. That's what it is. 
So if that decision fatigue of trying to decide every night what to have for dinner is a problem for you, try that. It's one thing that's helped me. So 100%. Another thing that I'll have clients do too is planning. They plan their food the night before, right? So after they're done eating everything for the day, right right before they go to bed during their wind down period, they spend five minutes, they track their food for the for the next day. So they already know they're hitting their calories. They know they're hitting whatever other targets I've got set for them. And then the next day, all they have to do is look at their phone and be like, oh yeah, this is what I'm having. And this is how much I need. And that's it. Like they don't have to make that decision every day. And, um, and I love that because man, the decision fatigue is very real when it comes to meal planning. And we like to make it very complicated on ourselves for some reason as women. <laughs> we really do. And we feel the guilt and it's like, oh, like, but are my kids getting enough or is my husband getting enough or whatever? And it's like, yeah, they are. Quit making it complicated. They'll all survive if it is something that is similar every day. And, you know, for me, like, for instance, like this last two weeks, I've had pasta for lunch and dinner every day. Um, because again, it's super easy for me, but that doesn't mean it looks the same all the time either. So it's like, yeah, I'm having pasta, but like right now I'm throwing chicken in it and then I'm, I'm putting in, um, kale and cabbage and I'm cooking that up and I'm putting cheese over the top of that. And then for dinner, it's like, okay, well, I maybe wanted a little bit different. So I'm going to choose a different veggie source or maybe even a different meat source, but I still know the, the base of that is going to be this, right? And again, it just kind of helps with that. So you can have similar things and just make it just a little bit different, a little bit easier on yourself because none of us have time to be in the kitchen all day long and to have nothing but cooking on our list of things to do. Okay, so the next thing is um, what you've learned in your fat loss phase and hopefully you've also done a rebuild phase you should have learned pretty well what your plate needs to look like and how to balance out um, your plate. So it's got the appropriate amount of veggies and fruits and proteins and fats and carbs. And just really paying attention to that when you are actively tracking your food is really important. And that's why I love to have my clients track their food because that is that is essentially what it is teaching them is, oh, I need to have about this much on my plate. And um, I need to have about this much of this serving to get what I really need. So really leaning into that and trusting yourself. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Now, what does my plate need to look like here? And if you're not sure, reach out. <laughs> I can help you out there. Um, then really working on your mindset. This is huge because most of us start fat loss phases in a mindset of, oh, I hate my body. My body doesn't work for me. My body's broken. No matter what I do, my body doesn't do what I want it to do. Ugh, I'm so ugly. All of those kind of things, right? And it's really, 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 really important that you fix that. <laughs> and you work on that now. Before you lose all the weight, before you enter any other phase, that needs to be your number one focus is really practicing on shifting that mindset. Because guys... And maybe I'll post this on Instagram this week. We'll see. <laughs> if I do, I'll link it. Um, but I have a picture of me, like, gosh, about an hour going into my fitness photo shoot. And I am leaner than I've ever been in my life. And I'm, I'm looking at my stomach before I'm getting into my outfit. And guys, I hated it. I did not like it. 
I was disappointed with the way that I looked. I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh, like I still have this lower belly pooch. And like, I put on my leggings and I'm like, like, I don't even look different. I wish I looked different. And you know how sad that is? Because I just worked my butt off to get to that point. And guys, I was lean. Like I was really lean. <laughs> but I didn't appreciate I can second it. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Camry got to work with me when I was that lean. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> but because I didn't work on my mindset and really change that. And I, I was constantly in that mindset of, oh, I'll love myself when. I'll love myself when. And guys, I didn't love myself when. In fact, I had a huge crash after my photo shoot. Like seriously, the photo shoot blues, man. Because I came out of of my photo shoot and man, the photo shoot was amazing. Like once I was in it, we got the pictures done. It was amazing. But literally like the second I hopped in my car to leave my photo shoot, it was this big, just negative feeling just washed through me and just like, well, what now? What am I supposed to do now? I didn't even love my body. I, I like, I couldn't even fully appreciate what I just did. And that, that really like, it was hard. It took me probably nine months <laughs> to get over that and to really learn from that because I had no guidance. And I didn't do like what Camry and I are talking about, like really thinking through, okay, what's my next phase going to be? What's my next target going to be? This is so important guys. If you do not have the next area you're going to go, you're going to get the same blues even after your fat loss phase, because you're going to, if you don't work on mindset, you're going to feel the same way I did. You're going to be like, oh, well, it doesn't look exactly the way that I wanted. Right. It doesn't, it's, I don't feel the way that I wanted to about my body. Like I don't love myself still. So you've got to work on that first and then really make sure you have that next target you're going to shoot for. That has nothing to do with fat loss. It needs to not be about fat loss because your body needs a break. Like my body is getting a two year break from fat loss. It's because it needs it. It's because my brain needs it. My mindset needs it. I needed to focus on other things. Um, I think the next thing to go along with that too is fat loss. Like, I feel like we all um, try to look at fat loss as this needs to be the end. It needs to be our last diet. It needs to be our last thing. And I feel like that's kind of a disservice because we are going to go through a phase, like if you go through a building phase where you really focus on muscle building, or you go through a wellness phase where you really focus on just being healthy, both mindset and hormones and anything. If you go through a performance phase, your body's going to fluctuate. You probably will put on a little bit of weight and that's okay because your body needs that for those phases. And it is okay to then enter another fat loss phase. Like that's okay. Don't do it every month, but like every two years, great not a big deal right so like for me I will have another fat loss phase and I know this fat loss phase is not going to be the last fat loss phase I ever have but I know it's going to take me even further to the person who I'm wanting to become and to the performance goals that I have and somewhere down the line I, I will have another one but I do know now like I'm not going to do it every other week I don't need a diet every other week I don't need to try to lose fat every month no like I'm going to do it every couple of years plan on that right so yeah throw throw out the idea that you need to have your last one it's okay to have another one it's not a big deal it's just how are you going to handle the phases in between those but this is something I am really passionate about guys because again it is it is something I handle a lot and it is something I've had to wrap my brain around so 
there's a couple of things um i guess that we can kind of go into what maintenance has looked like for me because guys maintenance means a lot of different things and i think we need to throw out some of the definitions like what does maintenance mean to me it does not mean i'm staying the same weight because guys i am 20 pounds up from my photo shoot weight when i did my photo shoot my plan was i am going to stay this weight because this is the weight that i need to be at to be this lean and guess what the next day after my photo shoot i was up five pounds guess what that did to my brain it was like oh, i'm a failure i can never do anything right it's because i did this like like all of this work is for nothing all because <laughs> my weight jumped up a little bit was i still lean heck yeah I was still super lean. Those five pounds, it was not fat. Like, by golly. It was just because I actually started eating like a normal person again, you know? <laughs> and my body held on to more food, and that's okay. But because I hadn't done the mindset prep work for that, it it blew me up. Like, that next day, I was done. Like, I just... I was so disappointed in myself. I was so disappointed in my body. And that led to a pretty big spiral of depression, of stress, of not feeling like I was ever going to be good enough. Like I had just done all of this and led me to imposter syndrome. Like I'm coaching other people and, and look, I can't even maintain this myself. And so what I, the biggest thing I learned from that is like, throw the scale out. Like, I mean, keep the scale because it's, it's a good marker, but don't let it be the end all be all. Like we are not looking at maintaining that same weight, right? So yes, I am 20 pounds up, but I am still leaner than I've ever been at this weight. I have added on a butt ton of muscle. I am performing better than I've ever performed in my life at, you know, almost like I'm 28 and I'm performing better than I ever did in high school when I was heavy into sports. Like I am healthier than I've ever been. And yeah, so who cares if my scale like says that I'm a little bit heavier? It's not a big deal because when it comes down to, I like the way that I look, I like the way that I'm performing and that's all that matters. So do I weigh myself consistently? Yeah, I do because it also gives me good insight to what my body is doing and how it's responding and whether or not I'm gaining muscle or how my, how my hormones are fluctuating, right? It gives me all of those things. So define what maintenance means to you and guys, it better not be scale weight. <laughs> I will come talk to you if it's the scale weight, because you are not meant to say, stay the same weight. Again, you're meant to fluctuate. If you, if your weight, if your scale weight does not fluctuate, you are not growing period. And in any way, you are not growing. So it should not be, I need to be 120 pounds forever, 140 or 160. It's no, like, yeah, sure. I want to hit that weight. That's really motivating, but that should not be the end all be all to, to your goal there. Um, um, one on. thing for me too, with the scale weight is I do actually have like a scale weight target for me for maintenance, but it's not a specific one pound range. It is about a six to seven pound range. So it's like 120 plus or minus three pounds. Because I know within that range, depending on how much muscle I have and everything else, how much fat I've got, that within that range, I can be a pretty healthy individual. And I know if I start getting outside that range, but it having a range, I think is helpful for me because then it still keeps me accountable of okay, is that scale starting to go too much up? And like that 
fluctuation is starting to go up and up and up and up? Or am I, you know, when I'm a day or two before my cycle, am I up three pounds? Yeah, probably. But then at the tail end of my cycle, am I back down? Yeah, <laughs> most likely. And it granted, it also depends on what I'm eating and, you know, how much protein, different things I'm getting too. But I don't worry about those fluctuations anymore because it, that's just normal. Um, so yeah, if, if you do want to still kind of keep yourself accountable, just have a range that is normal for what your body fluctuates. Cause like Michaela's body fluctuates more than mine does. Mine fluctuates a little bit less. So I know that if it's fluctuating more than just those three pounds, then I better be trying to figure out why, and, you know, and see what I need to do about it. But yeah, it's, definitely a good thing to have a range so do you agree Michaela or do you still oh, think 100%. too much scale focus there <laughs> no no 100% I think I think that's really important I appreciate you bringing that up I will say though like I wouldn't take the healthy portion of that like you can still be healthy and be 10 pounds heavier than where you are um so I will I will say that but yes 100% having a range is really important and that is something I do teach in my program is hey I expect you to fluctuate and I expect you to be a little bit different depending on which phases or if you go on vacation like I just had a client who did a two week vacation um at another country and it was amazing and she was great and I you know prepped her I'm like hey going into this I do expect that your weight is going to come up quite a bit and I'm like, don't freak out. Like some of that might be fat depending on what you eat. But if you continue to follow what we're doing and be extremely intentional about your food, most of it's going to be water weight from travel and from different foods and different things. Um, and sure enough, she's up about as much as I thought she'd be coming back. But guess what? She's not freaking out because she was prepped for that. Right. And, and it, it was a normal thing. So like Camry said, I tend to fluctuate a lot more than some people so like my my um scale weight will fluctuate like gosh what what is it at now one two at least five pounds is where is where I go like plus or minus five pounds or I just have this range like right now I as long as I'm between like 158 and 163 I'm pretty solid like I know my body's just bouncing between those numbers right and Again, though, depending on what phase you're in, because sometimes we want your scale to go up a little bit, depending on what phase you are in. Um, and so even just having like a range of like, hey, like as long as we're averaging you're, that you're going up a little bit or you're averaging that you're going down a little bit, you're on track because your body is going to fluctuate. It's not going to be 140 and stay 140 and then go down to 139 and then go down to 138. No, it's going to go 140 and then it's going to go 145 and then it's going to go 143 and then it's going to go 142. And you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, how come I can't stay 140? But it's like, hey, you hit 140. Like when, you know, we now have a baseline and that, that brings your average down. And that's something to learn too. Just because your scale is hit at once does not mean it's going to stay there. <laughs> like you are going to bounce around <laughs> that quite a bit. And so really making sure you have an average that you're shooting for is good. So one thing I do want to talk about that is coming up mainly because a friend had told me about this and it kind of took me back a little bit. And that was, she is maintaining right now, but she's maintaining at 1200 calories. 
And that's, I think, something else we need to talk about with maintenance is what maintenance calories should look like, which, of course, is going to be different for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's and she she knows it. She's like, I know I need to rebuild it so that I can eat more. And she's like, but right now I just don't have the motivation to rebuild it. And this is working for me. So. And but it's like for me, I'm like, oh. That, I'm such a foodie that I'm like, I could not survive on 1,200 calories <laughs> for maintenance. Oh, that would be so hard for me. So I think I just want to dive into that a little bit and let people know um, a little bit about that and maybe touch on how to rebuild that just a little bit if we have time. Yeah. Um, so 100%, 1,200 calories is really low for anybody. Um, <laughs> unless you're like literally four foot and you have very little movement that is that is really low um so yeah here's the thing is you'll get to the end of the fat loss phase and you might be eating at 1200 calories at the end of your fat loss phase some people might even be a little bit lower than that depending on your body um and no calorie range is going to be perfect for anybody so like for instance my calorie range might be something that makes you gain a lot of weight but it could also be something that makes you lose weight so you can't just go off of what my calories are and be like, well, Michaela eats this, so I'm just going to eat that. No, I eat that because I'm doing different things, right? Um, so it is really important to figure out your um, maintenance calories and that base. And guys, there's so many just free calculators online. Like if you go to calculator.net, I think it is, they've got a pretty good calorie calculator that you can just plug in where you're at and it'll give you a fairly accurate response. I mean, I would... I always take that and go, okay, you probably, there's going to be a range there. And again, like just with your weight, you're going to have a range of calories. Um, Cause no one's going to eat like exactly 1200 calories every single day. Like, no. <laughs> um, but if you have a good range, you're going to have that more flexibility as well. So I always give my clients a pretty good range, normally a 200 calorie or so range where it's like, okay, maybe I'll have a client who's at 1800 calories, but they can go all the way up to 2000, right? So that's their range is 1800 to 2000 um, or whatever. So as far as like a healthy calorie maintenance, I can't say like, this is what it is because it is going to be different for everybody. Like camera you maintain at a very different calorie range than I maintain I maintain at a very different calorie range than my husband maintains right that is going to be very individual so it is important to do your own research um, and if you're not sure you're welcome to reach out to me um, or whoever else like there's other coaches out there too that you're welcome to reach out to and, and chat with um, but figure that out and if you are way below that that's that's your sign that you need to do a rebuild phase. So with um, like my metabolic rebuild method is we take where you're at and we just, we very incrementally and slowly start to increase your food intake. Um, now, again, it's going to look very different depending on the person. So I can't give you just like a cookie cutter answer and be like, just do this. Because again, I tailor everything to everyone who comes to me and I can't just give you a cookie cutter answer. Um, but you are going to very incrementally and slowly increase your calories. Now, normally if you are, if you are someone who is down as low as like 1200 calories, I probably will boost your calories up a little bit quicker because when you are down that low, you are not just maintaining, you are also slowing down your metabolism. You are also um, 
hindering your hormone production. You are also going to see really negative biofeedback markers where your stress is going to be a lot harder to maintain. Sleep is going to be harder. Performance is going to be hard. Recovery is going to be hard. Like there's a whole slew of things. And so even if you're like, oh, like it's okay, I'll just eat this forever. Well, it's actually really not okay (laughs) for your health. You really do need to rebuild that. Um, And if you don't, you also run the risk of really gaining the weight back extremely quickly as well. Because when you are underfed for that long, and then all of a sudden, let's say you do go somewhere um, and you eat quite a bit, like you go on a week vacation and you eat, you know, 2000 calories a day. Well, that's a thousand calories a day increase to where you are maintaining. Guys, that's enough for you to gain probably Oh gosh, math in my head right now, Camry. Um, That's probably enough for you to gain over two pounds of fat or more of fat, you know, and your scale is going to increase more than that, but that's enough for you for that scale increase to at least be two pounds of fat, right? When it's like, well, actually like you probably should be maintaining around 2000 calories or maybe you are, or that is where your maintenance should be. But because you haven't rebuilt that, your body's not ready for that intake. It's going to be like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> now let's use all of this extra stuff. And we're going to store that as fat because we aren't really used to doing anything with this. So we're just going to store it as fat. And, and then we're going to hold on to the extra water retention we need for all of these other things. So scale weight's going to really jump up and then you're going to freak out. Because your scale's not going to jump up just two pounds. It's going to probably jump up, you know, five plus. And then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I just ruined everything. And it's like, well, no, you didn't. Like, yeah, you probably gained about two pounds of fat, but also like there's other things going on. Um, so I don't, I feel like that's clear as mud <laughs> as far as rebuilding that. But if you do it correctly, you will be able to eat more and maintain your body. So at least you should be able to at least build your calories up back to where the maintenance should be. And if you do it correctly, you'll be able to do that in a way where you can stay within the weight range and the, and the measurement range that, that you're wanting to stay at. Yeah. And I love what you said too, about the whole body health portion of that, of, you know, when you're down that low, it is going to affect mood and energy and, hormone health and all those other things that you mentioned so if you really do want to feel feel your best and have better moods and sleep and all those things um, it's more than just the scale you know it's not just this little tiny tiny bit of the picture it's it's going to help you as a whole human being yeah 100 percent um and then I know you've got a time crunch so really quickly. (laughs) Um, Some other things to really make sure that you are paying attention to is not just scale weight, because scale weight only shows a very minimal part of the picture. But I always encourage my clients to consistently stay up with their measurements um, and maintaining the measurement points that I have them, because that's going to really tell you where you're at and and how your body's fluctuating. Because for me, like, yeah, I'm up 20 pounds, but my measurements have only increased like a little bit. Like, I'm still quite a bit smaller and I'm fitting in smaller clothes than I was last time I was this way. Right. So that tells me, okay, like I've gained a lot of muscle, like, yeah, there's a little bit of fat there for sure. Um, 
but because my measurements are doing a pretty good job, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm doing a good job of maintaining a level of leanness. Now, I will be honest, like I am to a point where I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable and I'm getting ready for a fat loss phase. <laughs> and that's, and that's okay. But I also know with where I'm at right now in my health, it's like, I need to wait for a minute and I just need to sit with this and I need to be okay with just how I'm feeling. And yeah, do I feel a little bit fuller and a little bit fluffier than I like? Yeah, I do. That's okay though. Right. And right now I'm just leaning into that. Cause it's just, I just health wise, I'm not ready for a fat loss phase and I need to give it a minute. Um, but another thing is pictures. Like I would really highly suggest you continue doing pictures as well. So my clients come in and I have them do pictures at least every two weeks because that's going to show us like if measurements don't show us and, and scale doesn't show us, pictures are really going to show us what's going on. Um, so like if you are not changing in your pictures, like in a fat loss phase, it's like, okay, there's, there's time we need to adjust something. Um, but same with you, you might notice like, oh, measurements went up a little bit. Okay, well, let's look at pictures. How are my pictures looking? Oh, well, in, in your pictures, it's very noticeable that you're bloated, right? Like you're, you're on your cycle, you're bloated. Of course, measurements went up, right? And then do your next set of photos and like, oh yeah, everything went right back down, right? Because especially as women, we have those phases where it's like, oh my gosh, I look hot. And then like the next week, it's like, why am I so fat? Why can't I do anything? And then the next week, it's like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> that's just our hormone fluctuations and that's normal. So the having these in place can really help you not go off the deep end when you do feel those hormone fluctuations come up too. There is one thing too that I want to mention with pictures from my perspective, which is pictures can lie to you though. When you don't have an outside coach or person looking at them with you, it's just like when you were looking in the mirror right before your photo shoot, right? And being like, oh, I'm not where I want to be or oh, I don't look the way I want to look. But then looking back on it now, you're like, holy smokes, I was thin. What in the world was I thinking? And so your mind makes you see yourself in your photos a different way than someone else would be able to look at that so that's why for me personally I love measurements because then I can see exactly where things are shifting and changing and that is not debatable it's not up for debate of like okay can you see this minute difference or this difference here and I feel like pictures are great for longer term so like three months in or something like that with a fat loss phase, you're going to see a huge difference. But from week to week, the changes are small. And so you tend to be blind to those because you're seeing only the negative things about yourself. So yeah, those, you know, when your tape measure, you put it in the same spot every time and you use the same tape measure every time, there's no debate with that. You know, you can't be like, oh, but that's not true. You're just seeing something that's not there. Nope the tape measure doesn't lie. <laughs> it didn't just all of a sudden get stretchier or smaller or bigger or anything. So that's one thing that helps keep me out of my head in that kind of stuff and really seeing the progress where there is progress. So not the pictures aren't great, but without someone to help you look at them in a less judgmental mindset, <laughs> be careful with pictures. Yeah. And I'm going to challenge you on that too, because if you have that, have you really worked through the mindset shifts that you need to work through? Right. If that's coming up for you when you look at your pictures, there's a lot of that mindset piece that needs to be focused on. And so it's something I wouldn't necessarily ignore and be like, oh, I'll just avoid pictures because then you're avoiding a big foundational piece, which is, again, 
the mindset, which is again, the most important piece. And a lot of people like to avoid pictures because of that. But again, it's only showing you, like, even if you don't even just look at your picture, just that emotion behind thinking about taking pictures, it's like, hmm, okay, you're missing a mindset piece. What do you need to do to bring that up so looking at pictures isn't so triggering? Because you shouldn't feel that triggered about looking at your body and looking at those different things. And yes, 100%, having somebody have that outside view can be really helpful and having a coach be able to walk you through, especially as you're first getting used to taking pictures and really having them point out the different things and, and catch you when you are saying stuff like that is really helpful. But then you need to take that and you need to apply that afterwards as well and make sure you're continuing that mindset practice of, okay, is this true? Like, am I really fat? No, no, I'm not. It's not true. Am I nitpicking myself? Yes, yes, I am. Do I need to stop? Uh-huh, you know, <laughs> and really, really catching yourself um so even if you don't do pictures as often I would say like if you are actively avoiding pictures it's a sign that there's a mindset issue you need to work on there um okay guys there is so many other things to go through we might have to do like I don't know episodes on all of my list here um the last thing though when we're talking about measurements that we can talk about is BMI versus body fat percentage. So I never really consider a client's BMI. And the reason being is a BMI doesn't take into consideration you. You know, it doesn't take into consideration your muscle, your bone structure, anything like that. It just looks at your weight and it looks at your height and it goes, well, whoever is the normal person that I don't know who they, who they're thinking like their comparison person is for BMIs. But for instance, my BMI says I am overweight hundred percent of the time. Like even when I was photo shoot lean, I was considered overweight when I went to my doctor's appointment. Guys, like that's insane. So to put that into perspective, my body fat percentage going into my photo shoot, I was probably 14 or 15% body fat, maybe a little bit lower, which is extremely lean. Okay. My body fat percentage now through all of my phases, I sit between 20 and 22% body fat, which is considered fit, right? So fit is like 20 to 25, I think. And then fitness is considered like 14 to 19 for, or athlete, I mean, is considered 14 to 19 for women. And then underweight is anything under 14. Again, that can kind of fluctuate depending on what you're looking at. But so my body fat percentage says I'm extremely healthy and actually like really healthy because for women, you know, being between about 20 and 30% is a really healthy range for body fat percentage. But my BMI, like I'm on the cusp of being pretty overweight. If you look at my BMI. So that is one thing to take into consideration when you go to the doctor and they're like, oh my gosh, like your BMI is this and you start to freak out because that's the overweight category. Okay, what's your body fat percentage? And you can do that in multiple ways. So like I do mine, I've got calipers that I use at home. And that what those are is it's, is it's this contraption that pinches you. <laughs> that's not fun. Um, but you pinch different different parts and measure. Um, and that's something that I'll use. You can also use a DEXA scan, which um, 
it takes like electro electromagnetic waves i think is what it is and it goes through and it'll measure like how much water is in here how much muscle how much bone how much is fat um and then you can get a printout and those normally like if you go to a nutrition shop um if you go to some gyms will have them and they're like five bucks normally and you can just stand on there you take your shoes off you stand on there and it'll it'll run that measurement for you. I really like those. Um, and then there's some other ways to do it as well that I don't feel like are as accurate. Um, like you can do it. There's a calculation you can do off of your measurements, um, but I don't find that very accurate. So I would choose like calipers or a DEXA scan would be my, my choice, but yeah, I wouldn't pay too much attention to BMI guys. Cause if I did, I would, I would be extremely overweight and borderline unhealthy and it's like well my body fat percentage says I'm extremely healthy you know and in an extremely fit area so that's something to pay attention to as well awesome well do you have any last minute things to share with us before we sign off (laughs) guys I have so much to share with you (laughs) but I'm hoping this is helpful and really remembering just phasing your health your body's meant to grow you can you can go into other fat loss phases and it's not because you failed it's because you're entering another phase and you're shooting for something more and really setting goals making sure you've got a lot of goals giving your body a good amount of time outside of a fat loss phase as well and mindset if you can remember those things really practice those things again i'm always around if you feel like you need help please email me you can reach out to me on my social media or you can hit the link and apply to hop on a call with me as well. Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.